Good morning. This morning we are starting a new um, sermon series, um, and we're going to be focusing on prayer uh, during the season of Lent. Uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to be uh, talking about what it means for us uh, to pray, to offer our prayers. Uh, this morning, I want us to teach us a new way to pray. Uh, uh, this prayer is called the Examine Prayer, and I'm going to walk us through how we are going to pray uh, this prayer. I was first introduced to this prayer uh, by Pastor Tom Hawk. Uh, this was one of my many conversations I had with Pastor Tom um, as a young pastor, and he said to me uh, one day, we were talking about various things, he said, hey, you should consider praying the examine, you know, during this season of your life. And I learned this prayer, uh, and I've used this formula uh, to pray. Many of you in your bulletin got a little card uh, that is there, and I'm going to work us through uh, this uh, prayer today. So I just kind of want you to hang on to it, and we will return uh, to that in a minute. <clears throat> what is prayer? Prayer for us is a conversation with God. Uh, in prayer, we talk to God, we make our requests known to God. Uh, from the time we were little kids who grew up in the church, we were taught what it means for us to pray. And uh, culturally speaking, not in the Christian church, culturally speaking, I feel like uh, prayer is, uh, has become something like this. Prayer has become like online shopping. Have you ever been to an online store before? One, two people, three people, four. Almost everybody in this room has bought something online. It's simple. This is how it works. E-commerce, right? You go to this website, this computer, you look at this product, you see it, you like it, and you do what? You say add to, add to cart, right? You add to cart, it sits in your cart, and you go and look around and you add a few more things to that cart, and then you hit Check out, all right, you all know what I'm talking about. You've done this before, right? Then you hit check out and, uh, and magically a couple of days later or sometimes hours later, what you ordered shows up on your doorstep, right? During the pandemic, uh, online sales were soared. Kristen and I, for the very first time, we've never done this before. We actually bought our groceries online, right? We went to the store, we kind of clicked on it what we wanted, and boom, there it was. And um, I feel like that's how prayer has become sometimes for us. We just go before God and say, God, I need this. God, I need this. You fill in the blanks. And we add to cart, right? God, I need this. God, I need that. God, can you please help me with whatever your need is? And then we hit checkout. The way we hit checkout is we don't give our credit card number to God. We don't do that. We say amen, <laughs> right? That's our checkout. We check out that way. And that's sometimes how we have seen prayer. But this morning, I want to invite us to consider another way of prayer. Prayers uh, that teaches us to examine our day and to walk through that day. And the reason for this prayer uh, that you have seen here in this card, it's actually the scriptural basis for that comes to us from Psalm 139. And this is this particular psalm for most Christians, for all Christians, is, is, a, is a psalm that is filled with precious memories. Pastor Cindy uh, mentioned to us uh, a couple of weeks ago that, uh, when, that a teenager wrote to her this psalm, 
in its entirety as a gift and put it on her bed um, at a youth retreat. That was a beautiful gift that was given to her. Um, we are doing some studies by Adam Hamilton, um, and uh, he's a pastor in Kansas. Uh, there are about uh, 20,000 people in his church. And um, usually when he's preaching, he asks a question either during the church service or on Facebook posts. And he posts this question to his church. He was about to preach on Psalm 139. And he asked his congregation, can you share what this story means to you? What the story of Psalm 139 means to you? And he received this email. Uh, and, uh, and the email went through, uh, and he read this email to his church. This, it, it, I'm paraphrasing. It sounded something like this. <clears throat> this psalm has guided me through a difficult time. I was a young teen mom. I didn't have any money. My parents did not want me to have this child that I was carrying. My boyfriend thought it was best to get married. We moved into my parents' basement. I know this child I was carrying was fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm glad that this scripture informed my decision. I love this child. This child is very special to me. And God is using him. And this person signs the email, love mom. She was talking about Adam Hamilton. Adam Hamilton's mom was guided by these words. For you are created. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. As Christians, we hold this truth that our frame was not hidden from God, that God knit us together. God made something beautiful. One biblical commentator, as I was re researching for this sermon, um, said that she was writing a commentary on Psalm 139. The fancy word for commentary means an academic paper. Uh, that means you need to read the psalm in Hebrew and parse every word, read tons of other articles and books about the psalm. And uh, in the midst of all that, you as a scholar need to find your own voice. And she notes as she was working on this project, she saw her nephew was born and she saw his picture. And she yelled, you are perfect. You are so loved. And then she goes on to say, I'm the end. And I was yelling that this child was perfect and this child was loved. Imagine how proud his parents must be. How much love he and passion his parents would yell when they see him that he's perfect. Then she poses another question. She says, imagine how much more the God who created this precious being loves him. Imagine how loudly God is yelling, I love you. Friends, this is the truth about who we are, that we worship a God who has loved us, who has made us perfect. This is the truth that we hold together. Psalms are essentially prayers that are offered to God. There are poems to express an individual's prayer to God. And I want us to take our attention now to how the psalm starts, how this prayer starts. I'm reading from the Message Bible. 
And this is how this particular author interprets it. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. The opening for Psalm 139 is, Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. God, take a look at my life. Then he goes on to say, You know everything, but search me. Here the psalmist is saying, God, nothing is hidden from you, but still examine my life. Let's look at my life together. Here is the invitation that the psalmist is giving God so that they can reflect on this individual's life together. Friends, the practice of reflection and pausing and thinking about how our lives are going is being lost in this culture because we feel like we are on a hamster wheel. We have places to go, we have things to do, and we do one thing after another after another, and we don't have any time to reflect. But hear these words. Where can I go from your spirit? Reading from verse 7, where can I flee from your presence even if I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine, the day for the darkness is as light to you. The image that I see when I read these verses in Psalm 139 is I see the psalmist and God are walking around together. They're walking around in the dark and God has a flashlight and the psalmist is a young child and they're exploring this path together. And the path that they are exploring together that God and this little child, with God holding the flashlight, that path is the psalmist's soul. Friends, I want you to hold this image, that God is walking with you and shining a light in your soul. I want us to explore this in prayer. I want us to pause and take a walk with God so that God can shine the light in our hearts so that we can review the day that we had. See, nothing is hidden from God. And yet, we're called to reflect and see what God wants us to see. It is intentionally walking through our day and asking the simple question, what, is, what does God want me to see? What does God want me to see today? When we pause and ask this question, we begin to see God's handiwork in our life. We begin to acknowledge what God is doing in our lives. We begin to acknowledge the beauty that surrounds us. We begin to reflect and see how we acted in the grocery store, how we talked to our neighbor, how we treated the person who waited on us as we had lunch together. It also will shine a light on the things that we might have missed as well. May we say the words of the psalmist every day as our day comes to an end.
Search me, O God. Show me, O God, how I did today. See, this is an important aspect of our prayer life. The next step of the examine is giving thanks to God for all that God has done for us. Here in this psalm and in other psalms, there is this prayer offered in thanksgiving as part of our prayer formula, if you will. But this thanks is not a generic thank you saying, God, thank you for this food that's before us. Bless the hands that have made. And we shovel down the food and move away from that. But no, but rather, this is where we pause and we give thanks for what God has done for us. How we have experienced God's grace in our life. It's giving thanks to that friend who might have sent you an email or a text saying, Hey, thinking about you and praying for you. It is giving thanks for those moments. It is understanding how God's grace was given to us. You know, I'm always, I'm in the season, uh, and I've shared this before uh, with you as well. This is how I understand God's grace being imparted in my life. And I want to tell you this story. I'm in the season where I feel like I'm always running behind. I'm always in a hurry. Don't ask me why. I just feel like I'm always in a hurry and I'm always running behind. And, um, and I would like, and I usually like to express my displeasure uh, loudly uh, when the person in front of me who's driving the car is going the speed limit. I feel like that's a suggested speed limit. <clears throat> you can go 10 over, you know, if no one's around a little bit more. Anyway, that is where I am, right? That is where I am. And there was this one day I was, I was going somewhere and this person was not moving. I think they were going five miles below the speed limit. I don't know. But as I begin to think and pray and give thanks to God, one of the things that I realized was the gift that was given to me that day was the person that was in front of me. By that individual driving slowly, they kept me safe. And I gave thanks for that driver who at that moment I wanted to express my displeasure that I was annoyed by them. See, when we begin to give thanks and we begin to see God's grace in our life, we begin to see the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're called to understand the gifts that God gives us each day. There are gifts and graces given to each one of us every day. Are we willing to recognize them? Are we willing to say, I see that gift? And then we're called to, <clears throat> the next step is what we started with this morning, talking about God's movement in our life. We pause and we review each and every hour of the day. How was your morning? How was your afternoon? How was your evening? Now that your day has come to an end, where did you see God's love? Where did you see God's movement in your love? Author James uh, Martin, who writes about Examine, he shares a story that he was working with uh, at-risk youth in his community. And he was there kind of caring for them. And he said that it was this one individual that he helped during the day. 
And during that time of prayer, as he was reflecting on where God's movement was, he began to see how God was moving in this individual's life. In this young man's life, what God was doing, all of a sudden, in, during this time of prayer, things shifted for James Martin. Not only did he begin to see God's movement in this young man's life, now he started praying for this young man. See, when we do the prayer of examine, we see God's movement in such a way that we begin to pray for others. And he notes that when he started his time of prayer, he wasn't even thinking about this young kid. He wasn't even aware what was happening in that young person's life, but he was able to pause and ask the question, where is God's movement today? And he was able to recognize that. He was drawn into God's presence just by pausing and asking the simple question, where did I see God's movement today? Then we are called to look at the things that we failed at. What did we do that was not pleasing to God and our neighbor? And we hold these pieces in our hearts and we hold them closed. We allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin. What did we say that we were not supposed to say? What did we do that we we're not supposed to do? The Holy Spirit would guide us and move us to convict us. The question is not simply for us to acknowledge where we fail, but the question that we are called to ask is why? When, he, when we, can, we can easily say, I'm very sorry that I yelled at my neighbor. I lost my temper. I thought impure thoughts. Or I failed to do X, Y, and Z. It's easy to say that. But the question that we are called to ponder is the why. Why did I yell? Why did I think impure thoughts? Why? Why? When we sit and ponder, we get clarity to the root of the issue. When we begin to understand the why, we begin to, when we understand the why, friends, we begin to walk a holy life. We begin to walk a righteous life. Why do I speak ill of this person? Why? Why did I speak ill of that person? Maybe the answer is because I feel better about myself and I put somebody else down. Why do you need to feel better about yourself? I need to feel better about myself because I feel less than. Why do you feel like you're less than when God is yelling at, at the top of his lungs? I knit you together. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. You are loved. We need to ask the question, why? And by answering the question, why? Slowly, we move towards living a holy life. And finally, we look towards tomorrow. We ask the God who holds our tomorrow. We ask for God's grace for tomorrow. We do not know what the day holds, but we pray that we can be better tomorrow. We acknowledge the shortcomings of this day, and we make a promise to do better. Not that all of us are going to be, end up being perfect, we're not going to gain perfection in this world, but just a little step towards doing the right thing.
Friends, this morning, I want us to walk us through this prayer. And I want to invite you to hang on to these cards um, in your own prayer time as your day comes to an end. This morning, this is what I would like us to do. I would like you to hold this card and open your palms and place them on your lap. And bow your heads and close your eyes. And as I give these directions, just do that I'm asking you to do. Invite the Holy Spirit to help you to see the day God as God sees it. Be thankful. Name the gifts of your day and thank God for them. Notice God's presence. Where did you feel an increase of faith, hope, and love? Notice where you felt what seemed like a lack of God's presence. Where did you feel decrease of faith, hope, and love? And why? Look to the future. Ask God for the grace you need in the day ahead. Let us join together in praying our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, at this time, I want to invite us to continuing to worshiping our God by giving our gifts and our tithes.